You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. Yesterday we finished the third chapter of Bikurim, which really concludes the order of Zara'im and the material of Bikurim. And today we're going to start the fourth chapter, which is which is an extra. It's not in some manuscripts of the Mishnah. The Rambam's commentary doesn't cover it. Actually, it's not in the Jerusalem Talmud. So it's clearly an add-on. There are some chapters of Mishnah like this, by the way. The last chapter of Sota is an add-on, although I think an add-on early on in the Mishnah. But this is clearly a late add-on. However, it is covered in the daily Mishnah calendar. So we are going to cover it. And it's it's very interesting. It's a throwback to a discussion on classification and analysis that we dealt with when we looked at the koi. Do you remember the koi, the animal that was neither wild nor domesticated? We dealt with it in the second chapter. And the Mishnah said, koi, yesh bodrachim shavela chayav, yesh bodrachim shavela behemah. A koi has aspects like a wild animal and aspects like a domesticated animal. And then aspects like both a wild and a domestic animal, and aspects which are neither like a wild nor like a domestic animal. And this Mishnah, which introduced the taxonomy, then preceded a string of Mishnayot, which then explained in detail the characteristics of the koi along those lines. Have a look now at the first Mishnah in chapter 4. Androgynous. A hermaphrodite. Yeshbo drachim shavela anashim, yeshbo drachim shavela anashim, is in some ways like men and in some ways like women. Yeshbo drachim shavela anashim, venashim, and in some ways like men and women. And in some ways he's like neither men nor women. It's an absolute parallel. In fact, this, uh, this Mishnah and the Mishnayot which accompanied, in fact, appear in the Tosefta of the second chapter of Bikurim. So in other words, they, they originate from the Tosefta of Bikurim. The Tosefta is, Tosefet means add-on. And the Tosefta is Mishnaic material, which somehow didn't make it into the redaction of Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda Hanasi. But it absolutely dates from the time of the Mishnah. Very often it runs in parallel, but at a distance from the Mishnah, and very often the Talmud will quote from the Tosefta to illustrate a Mishnah. So the Tosefta, in other words, is it's a close parallel to the Mishnah, but it's generally excluded from it. This Mishnah and the one that the ones that follow it are found in the Tosefta in the second chapter of Bikurim. So the first Mishnah lays out the taxonomy. Now we're going to look at some examples. I should say, by the way, that in general, the text we're following follows the Munich manuscript, which is another good manuscript. The, there are new, there's, there are, I, I've just seen various printed texts around, and I'm just not sure which to choose, but I, I need to choose one in order to teach from, to be consistent. So I've pretty much taken the Munich manuscript, although with some, um, slight variations from Sephara, which I didn't have time to get rid of. Ketzad shavela anashim. How is he like men? 
He's, he, a white discharge causes impurity, makes, creates tumor for a man. It does not for a woman. So he causes impurity with white discharge like men. He can marry, but he can't be married. So he can, and and marriage in as it's described in Kiddushin is an act in which the if you like the man takes the action the man says to the woman the 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 man brings the woman into his uh, domain if you like obviously she has to agree if she doesn't we've learned this before if she doesn't agree then the married the Kiddushin don't take but it's an active it's an it's an act it's an action by a man to a woman, and the, this Mishnah is saying that the hermaphrodite can um, he can marry, but he can't be married. Light men, and he's obligated in all the mitzvot of the Torah like men. And that's very interesting as a statement of principle. I, I mean, some people are surprised that the Mishnah and the Talmud knows about gender fluidity at all. And we're going to see that the Talmud actually thinks about four types of sort of gender classifications, a man, a woman, an androgynous, whose has characteristics of both a man and a woman. And that's why there's lack of clarity about their status and a tumtum who has who doesn't have sexual organs that are clearly either of a man or a woman so those are the four classifications that the talmud and the mishnah know about this is and so this is the first one and because the androgynous the hermaphrodite has got sexual organs both for a man and for a woman there is uncertainty and so the mishnah will now go on to say in what way is he like a woman? Because in some ways he's like a man, but in some ways he's like a woman. Well, again, this, this, this Mishnah is parallel to the one before. And we're going to say, a, a, a red discharge causes impurity like women. So effectively we're machmir. We apply both kinds of impurity to the hermaphrodite. And he can't be um, secluded with a man, with a man like like women. In other words, the 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 halachos of yichud apply to him as they would to uh, as they would to a woman. He he doesn't transgress the law of you shall not round and you shall not destroy. This is all about uh, haircutting. You don't round you you can't destroy the corners of the beard or round off uh, round off uh, round off your haircut. These are halachot that only apply to men, but apparently don't apply. To a hermaphrodite. And then, this is very interesting. I and mean, we are really running up against core issues about masculinity and femininity here. That a woman is ineligible to give evidence. 
it's one of the big it it, it it's will i'm sure we'll will touch on this at a later point in the mishnah i i'm, I'm not it's this is such a fundamental issue i don't think we have time for it here particularly and we're saying that the hermaphrodite is also ineligible as a witness just like a woman he's not he can't i have to say i don't entirely understand and i cannot figure out from the commentators what this remark means he can't um have illicit intercourse like a woman and he's ineligible for the priesthood like women and the Bartanura actually connects, and there are some commentators who connect the text of these two, last two sayings to say that if he is, effectively, if he's raped, then he is ineligible for to eat truma like, like a Kohen, which would not be the case if he were a man. But I, the, the text is unclear, and I have to say the halacha is slightly unclear to me. I'm not quite sure what is going on here, and the different texts vary. But that's the summary of the first three Mishnayot and the beginning analysis of the status of the hermaphrodite. And then the next two Mishnayot, which close off the tractate, will just conclude this analysis. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.